everybody. Welcome back. It's been two weeks, and this is Fig and Lock Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, man. Uh, I'm glad that we're finally back. I know last weekend I was a little busy. Uh, we, did a, we did a camping trip last week, and then we went to a birthday party, so Sunday was slammed for us. Um, but glad to be back and doing this again. How you been? I've been good. Good, good. You know, I'm staying uh, busy this past weekend here. Up on the East Coast, uh, something in the waters this weekend. That's right. I saw that. Um, I, well, I saw some picture of the stage and everything being set up. But is the, is the event actually this weekend, or is it they were they just yes. setting up this weekend? Oh, the event was. Yeah, this the event this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Um, they set up two stages, so I guess it was on their kind of do like a festival Ozfest type of thing where one group plays over here, then after a certain while and plays over here. So good times to change the setups and keep change the sets like that headliner first night was a uh, kid cuddy um, i think the headliner second night was pharrell and friends and i think third night or something like one of those is like uh, little wayne's there as well and little wayne's supposed to be bringing in like supposedly Nicki minaj is coming in town there was a lot of talk but the weather's been really bad oh really well it's, it, it's yeah it's been raining it rained friday um it rained friday pretty bad yesterday was nice and then today it's uh it's been raining off and on at nighttime. It's definitely getting its rain on. Oh, wow. Now, this is the this is the first time it's been back for a while, right? Because I mean, if I recall, he during the some of the Black Lives Matter controversy happening in Virginia Beach, he took it to a different location, if I recall. Or well, um, the the first year in uh, in 2019, you had um, it was here, and then 2020 COVID happened. Yep. And then 2021 rolled around. And then I guess him and the people at the beachfront, <clears throat> the people that organized down there weren't trying to let him do what he wanted to do. They weren't trying to let him get in the, they were trying to, um, he was trying to get in the uh, help building, opening up stuff down here mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we're trying to let him, he got, he got upset about it and rightfully so and took it to DC. Oh, okay. And it was in DC last year. So then he brought it back down this year. I guess he worked out a plan with them this year because now they're going to let him help him do his thing. He wants to do a Milton. He wants this big plan to build this big like park slash venue at Military Circle. Oh, well, I heard that there was a they were going to develop that into like a major entertainment center to begin with. Right. They went and put in new hotels yeah, and condos and, and they're going to like build like a, a whole like restaurants and all kinds of stuff over there. Right. Yeah, and he's a part of it. So, oh, okay. They, they probably, Isn't that the effort that's being bred by that's being led by? Um, he used to be a football. He's a former Redskins football player. Um, oh, I can't remember, but he apparently he's he's big into real estate now, and he was leading that effort now too. Okay, no, but that's cool. So I'm surprised. So I'm I'm guessing obviously you're not you didn't go this weekend or did you go this weekend to something? In the I did not. No, I no no no. I'm no, no, no. I'm too old for that. I'm not doing any of that now. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> you know, slushy sand. No, that is not it. Like it's uh, bad weather, sand, lots of young kids out there at the beach. All of that says no. Well, me. it's funny as I saw not, a lot of. I just not gonna do something like that. I saw a lot of folks from our graduating class posting pictures on Facebook of like they're you know they're the, you know, from the hotel room balcony overlooking the venue and everything. So somebody then doesn't think they're that old. They're too old to go to these things. I tell you what, they got money. They got money to spend on a hotel room, which the hotel room itself has got to be the price of the ticket itself. You know, <laughs> yeah, no to doubt. just go to it. You know, what I mean, so I think I heard like the. Some of the tickets for the weekend was about like five hundred, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. That's crazy. Uh, I got a, I got a kid coming. I just can't be spending money like that, I hear that. On, a, on a three day weekend just to hear music. I I have Spotify. I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Do, I'm good. Does the amphitheater still pull in good shows? <laughs> I mean, how's the amphitheater been doing? Well, the amphitheater. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. The amphitheater caught on fire. What? Um, when did yeah, that happen? It, I'm pretty good it, about it following fire. what's going on at home and. I didn't hear about that. It caught on fire about a month ago. Wow. So it, it, it's like it was – no one was there. So it's had been kind of arson. Um, so it, it burned a pretty good chunk of it. Um, not to the ground, but it's like a lot of damage on the inside because um, Janet Jackson and Ludacris was supposed to come into town. And mm-hmm. well, that has to be – that's being 
pull to the side now because her concert was to come recently and they had to redirect on, redirect on that. So who knows when the amphitheater will be ready to go. Hopefully by like maybe August, but definitely not right now. It's still kind of out of the way. That's a shame. So they think someone that it was arson that someone did it intentionally. Yeah, it was no one. There was no event. It just caught on fire. Wow. And, I mean, it, it, it couldn't be like an electrical sort like of something. That's crazy. Maybe wow. I guess, but I mean, uh, I haven't heard too much beyond that. It was the amphitheater on fire. I was like, what? And it was, sure enough, I saw pictures online for of it. And it was pretty bad. That's nuts. Okay. Um, well, good catching up on events back home. I, I, I tell you, I missed the 757. I love Hawaii, but I, I missed the 757. And it, so much of it has changed, too. I was talking to my mom about it the other day. She said there's, like, there's so much development out there. All, all that space that used to be empty with nothing but with, like, old strawberry fields and cornfields, all that has just been filled to the brink, like, which is good. I'm, like, which my response is good. Keep filling it up. Let my let my land value go up, and let my rents let my rent keep going up because you know helps me out. So Fair I own owning a yeah, property but, out there, and it helps me. <laughs> so. Virginia Beach has definitely been growing up a little bit more. Still, just and a lot of property that used to be there, the item, items or places that used to be there, they've been changed. They're they've moved out. New people going in there, and there's still relics of the past. Still in Seven Seven, it's going down. To, um, you go down Virginia Beach Boulevard, you can still see the relics of the past are still there. There's some old money is still there, very prominent old mm-hmm. money. So it's it hasn't gone. It's still very much going on there. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, like this turn. Let's uh let's go and turn our attention to one of our first topics. We got some really interesting topics I think for today. Uh, since we are talking about relics of the '90s, if you will, since that's when the amphitheater um, was first established, uh, I want to draw our attention to the fact that Jerry Springer died this week. Uh, I think he was died at the age of 79, and I, I feel like we would be remiss not to talk about the impact Jerry Springer had on our generation, considering that we were both teenagers when he was at his peak. Um, you know, he changed the game as it relates to the the afternoon talk show, uh, you know, I think up until, I think, you know, for the most part, pe- most people recognized um, Oprah Winfrey and Donahue and uh, Montel Jordan, but Jerry Springer on Fox 33 at, I think it was like three in the afternoon, had all the freaks on there, just racists and dudes cheating on their girlfriends and, and you know gay transgender love triangles and all kinds of stuff that was just taboo in like 19 like 1995 1996 and just crazy fights and it was it was just the pinnacle of trash tv but you just could not watch it i mean you know even if you know i remember telling myself i'm not gonna watch this i'm better than this but if you're flipping the channels and you came across Jerry Springer, you were going to pause at least until the next commercial break just to see what happens. But I had to, I feel like I, I, we have to comment on this. I mean, this was, this is, I mean, talk about lexicon. He made his way into Austin Powers too, right? Like that's how, like how embedded in the culture he was at the time, you know, but so what are your, what are your thoughts? What are, what are your memories of Jerry, the, the great, late, great Jerry Springer? Uh, Jerry Springer, like, uh, he he's a very interesting person because before he was talk show host, he was governor of Cincinnati. Yeah, well, he was was he governor of of because Cincinnati is in Ohio. Was he governor of Ohio Sorry. or was he mayor? No, he was mayor of Cincinnati. Sorry, mayor, yeah, I know he was a politician first. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, he was a politician, and he got um, he had to step down because he hired a prostitute That's to right. work That's right. for his to work for him, but not like. For sexual to let her go legit, and they were like, "Oh, that's too taboo." He helped the lady get off the streets, gave her a legit job, and he he got shamed for it. That's wild times in the seventies. But he also at the time with the, you're talking about talk show hosts. Uh, you mentioned those people, the men, people you mentioned, Donahue and Montel and, and Oprah. They were clean cut cats. 
Yeah. Well, like I mean, I remember the taboo not, side. Yeah, of it. I remember the Richard, the Richard Bay, the Jenny Jones. Uh, was it a uh, Rachel? Uh, was it Ricky Lake? Ricky Lake came out five, and Ricky Lake was kind of like, eh. But like Richard Bay and Jer Jerry Springer, and then you had Maury, who was slowly sliding to slummy. He was like, eh. He yeah. dabbled. He, well, he well, dabbled is, like, with all it, of them had, like, but he was kind of not thing, fully right? committed. Like I remember, I remember, like you said, oh, like Oprah. Oprah was your clean. Like Oprah was like your was you know was women's issues and pretty clean. Donahue would occasionally creep into some of the more into some more controversial stuff, but it was still mainstream controversial. And then you had was it um was it Sally Jesse Raphael that got in trouble because oh, she yeah. exposed the gay the the gay crush on the one dude who then went back and no no that's the Jenny. Guy? That was, was Jenny that, Jones. That was Jenny Jones. I, wa Jenny I watched Jones. that episode. I watched that episode. Yeah. I, I know exactly the episode you're talking yeah. about, too. Then, then, and then you mentioned Ricky Lake, who was kind of like, she was kind of like more toward young, like late, like young 20-somethings. That was kind of her demographic, you know. She her, to her, like, her stick was always the, like, this, oh, well, I was ugly duckling in high school. Look at me now. And yeah. it's like they would pop on stage and bring their person they had a crush on, like, look at me now. And the guy's like, yeah, you're hot. Let's go on a date. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's always that. But then Jerry was bold enough to be like, all right, I'm going to bring the Ku Klux Klan on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring four Klan members on there in full garb. And I'm going to bring four black guys on stage. And everybody see how it goes down. And it literally, as soon as they show the stage, they start fighting immediately. And then I think Jerry Springer was kind of cool at first. But then it, it very much like was uh, very much like WWF because it was extremely scripted. Well, it, it, yeah, it, it evolved into like every week just became like the love triangle of the week. And it was like the, you know, the redneck they found at the trailer park who, you know, whose girlfriend went and cheated on him with his brother or, or like, or, or maybe even his sister, like, you know, sister or whatever. No, it went, no, it went far than that. It went to like, all right, Jerry, I have something to tell. I have, some, I have a secret to tell. Well, what's your secret? You got to tell. Um, uh, I, I have to tell my friend, uh, my, my boyfriend, that I'm actually a man, and you yeah, see exactly. him he has a yeah, freaking yeah. afternoon shadow on stage. You know, you're like, <laughs> come on, man, like this, this can't be real. Or I'm in a, I'm in a gay lesbian love triangle with two midgets, and yeah. uh, this, you're like, this is so obscure. Yeah. You're like, where do you find people? The people taking it free was, trips to Chicago. It was a circus to... freak show every week, man. And then like. I remember uh, what was the the bodyguard up there, the bald guy, Steve. Steve, Steve he even go. got his own show later on. And it's still and it's still on. It's still going. Is it really the Steve? Was it yep. Mill not Steve Mill? Steve Wilco. Yeah, Steve, Steve yeah, Wilco. Right. show. And they be like Steve, Steve, and Steve Wilco does pretty much the same thing Jerry does. It's a Steve Wilcox. On his show, he's an absolute bully. He just flats out bullies them on stage. Like, why are you with them? You should leave them. He's like, just yelling at them the entire time. <laughs> and, and Jerry, after a while, when the Jerry Springer show got canceled, he went to he started doing Jerry Springer Court. That's right. I remember hearing about that. At a court, right. He had a court show, and the court show was really bad because, again, Jerry Springer, you're not a judge. So he close to being a judge. He's not a judge. And, um, he, he didn't either. He was just Jerry Springer behind a desk, um, to hearing what people had to say and stuff like that. So, you know, the modern, modern talk shows and stuff like that. He was kind of the ace of it. My man had his own movie, The Ringmaster. That's right, he did. That's you right. know, had Jamie Lee, had Jamie Lee Presley in it, and it had um, uh, I was gonna say Aegis Elba, it's not him. It's the guy who plays Spawn. Um, God, dude's name. He was a kung yeah. fu guy. I've got his name but um he was in it too like they had a pretty good start a little cast in it you know and it was pretty much showing you how it was fake like they they were in on it like we're gonna show you how fake our show is and people do watch it for entertainment you know and it's i think it, it was a uh, good it was good it was good tv watching and it's yeah it ran its course you know it just well, I think how it just talk shows have gone more to court shows now there's court shows for everything now yeah that's and true. it wasn't thin so it's just it ran its course and it did what it did. You know well, I mean? it seemed like what Jerry Springer was, or the show was kind of one of the. It came at a time when you had this perfect. I don't know. It was like this, the perfect time for the most taboo or controversial content you create. You could create, right? Like, like uh, Howard Stern, which even though it had been on for quite some time, kind of like started me started to like really hit its zenith. 
because it went from radio to TV. Because remember, Howard Stern used to be on VH1. So now people that didn't necessarily want, like listen to the radio show because maybe they weren't didn't live in New York City or didn't have a venue that broadcasted it, they can now watch it on VH1. And like so, Howard Stern really grew in popularity, especially with his his books too, like Private Parts and everything else. I watched but, Howard Stern on E. He was on E. Yeah, or E. Like, he, not VH1. He, e. You're right. He, he was on late night on E. Yeah, it was E. It was on E. Late night on E. You're right. But even then, like the, my point is, like he, like so, like controversy, controversial, and kind of like trash, t- like trash media started to like grow, right? So you have Howard Stern gets popular, then Jerry Springer gets popular, like. Like this is when South Park comes in, and they're all about push. They were all about pushing the envelope as far as how, how offensive can we be, and how like how far can we push the envelope. It seems like like that. It was just this time, the '90s, especially like the mid '90s and like the mid to late '90s, where there's this time where how offensive and how like in your face can we get the content to be to grab your attention? And I don't, I don't know if that's because like cable just became more expansive, so like networks were really really fighting for numbers and radio is really fighting for numbers but it just seemed like at this point in time all this stuff just started coming out of the, all this controversial and in your face and like you know all these things just kind of came to a we're just kind of put on front street for everybody to, con- to consume very true and it's uh it 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 serves purpose it fit right in the 90s the 90s mid late 90s was very edgy everything was edgy late 90s so it, it fit perfectly in there and uh because i remember in the late 90s wwf had that's called the attitude era that's when stone cold <laughs> was really popular that's right and yeah. drinking beer and flicking people off was very popular like you said cell park was thing it was our graduation time around our, our time being like in high school was everything was very edgy and we watched edgy stuff and we liked everything edgy uh from clerks to stuff like that so it, it fit in um you know rest in peace uh jerry you know you always was a, i never heard anything bad of you you know uh, anything ha- through the years you've always been a, a humanitarian um a nice person especially with all the money and the power you did wield at one given moment you know so it's good to always hear somebody actually be a good person in this day and age yeah even with all the power something like yeah that. it's a good point i mean despite everything despite a lot of the complaints that came about his show and you know, at the end of the day no one had anything bad to say about the man himself which that's that's good that's comforting yeah so um since we're talking about the 90s uh i, I guess it's be interesting to talk about this resurgence in the power rangers uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's a product necessarily of Netflix. I know Netflix has all the old Power Rangers episodes, so you can go watch those. Uh, my wife's a huge Power Rangers fan. She grew up in that time, so she's been rewatching it. And then they just, I guess, Netflix put two and two together and saw there was some money to be made here. So now there's a new Power Rangers series coming out with some of the old cast. Uh, I think you you might know a little bit more about this. I'll, I'll turn it over to you for comment. But uh, the the '90s are making yeah, their way it's back, man. Literally. The synopsis literally is that uh, it's 30 years later, their old enemy, uh, whatever her name was, Rita Repulsa, coming back. There you go. Rita Repulsa is coming back 30 years later. And now uh, these people in their early 50s are going to now, like, get back together and fight. You got Zack, the original Black Ranger, uh, reprise his role, the original Red Ranger. You have uh, the Yellow Rangers passed away in real life, so she's not there. So the second generation of Yellow Rangers coming in, uh, the original Pink Ranger decided not to do the show at all. Um, and she said that on Twitter. She was pretty angry about that. And so then they have the second generation Pink Ranger reprising her role. Um, Billy, the perp of the Blue Ranger, he'll be back. He's actually the show producer, executive producer of the show as well. So um, they're going to be a bunch of 50 year old men and women here fighting <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like what's happening like and i guess they're gonna do they're doing like a slight tribute for like the yellow ranger who did pass away because i guess her the person is Asian she was in a car accident i believe right yeah. so her daughter her daughter on the sh- there's gonna be a, a person pretend to be her daughter 
and she'll be the Yellow Ranger, another Yellow Ranger to help fight them. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to give it any airplay, but I, I ran across it, and I'm like, this is wild. Like, it, 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 are we running out of original ideas? And that's what we're doing. We're, well, I mean, everything's a rehash, because if, if anybody's the king of bringing somebody out of the grave and putting back on television, it's Netflix. Because if you've ever seen Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai is absolutely astounding because it's not bad but the idea they keep bringing back all the old people back from the 80s all of them and you're like what's happening they just get every single person if they're alive they're breathing they're gonna get on cobra kai that's well, how it's been everybody's that, around that Everybody was even, back. i mean obviously netflix has more money to throw at it but that's got to start on youtube that was on youtube prime uh originally uh that's why it got a lot of its fan base uh, it was from when it was on YouTube, and then, of course, Netflix acquired it, and they got a lot more money, so they can throw some more folks at it. But, yeah, I mean, come back to the Power Rangers thing. I mean, it. yeah, um, Marcy watched a few episodes of it. Like I said, she was a big Power Rangers fan growing up, and she said it was painful to watch just because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the span these spandex outfits are not kind to the, like, 50-year-old bodies, you know? Like, we were actually – we were at a Comic-Con – few years back hey, I, hey i'll be the first to admit like i am not in peak shape like at my age right so like you would not i would not want to be in a spandex power power ranger costume myself but uh we went to a comic con a few years ago at fairfax and was it brian st austin or whoever the guy is that plays the red ranger he was there okay and again like looking at somebody who like time had not been kind to he, I mean, he looked like somebody who, you know, was, was, was driving trucks on the weekends and, you know, just hustling, you know, hustling in the backwoods of Alabama to make, uh, make ends meet. He looked rough. And then they, and then he got in trouble too. I think he got arrested for something. I, I forget what it was. I don't know if it was fraud or whatever, but he, but I remember when we were there, he was like Damn. talking about all these different projects he was working on. And all, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, yep, yeah, I bet, I bet you are. I bet you're working, you know, I bet you're working some projects, but. <laughs> Um, you gotta, yeah. you gotta sound busy. You gotta sound busy. You gotta yeah. sound busy. Yeah, yeah. He did get cop. He get, he did get hit up for fraud a couple of years back. Yes, yeah. he did. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah he got some it, trouble. It was, it's crazy because we used to say like, Tommy's the only or good ranger, and it was like, Tommy's dead now. So it's it's that sad times. But it, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I mean, I I was not a big Power Rangers guy. That was a little after my time. I mean. I, I was, you know, my sister was big into it, so because I mean, she's four years younger than me, so she really f fell in love with the show. Marcy is obviously two years younger than me, so like she, you know, was in that time frame where the show was hot amongst like you know middle schoolers, or because it was like on in the late afternoon, and you know, so like, but for me, I was I think I was already in high school when Power Rangers came out, so I mean, I knew about it because it'd be like I'd be home, I'd come around, and my sister would be watching it, but it wasn't, it was. It wasn't something I was going to be into at the at the age that I was at when it came out. Um, I, I mean, I, I've seen the movie. I'll admit, I've seen the movies. I've seen what was it the uh, um, what was the one they did with the, the the purple dude and the ooze. I forget that guy's name, but um, or was it General Zod or I can't remember. Whatever they had some weird characters on that show. Them, but I, I'll admit, oh, I've seen the movies. Yeah, that was um, a while back. But. I mean, it's, it doesn't surprise me, man. Like, 90s nostalgia is coming back. You know, I mean, uh, kids today are curious about the stuff their parents were into. Like, they're going to go, they're, they're fishing in through their old stuff. They're finding all their old toys and finding their yearbooks. So, you know, 90s fashion is coming back. I saw a girl the other day. She had, like, you know, low-rise jeans with bell-bottoms uh, with a top that just screamed, like, you know, 1998. Uh, you know, I remember I started thinking to myself, what can I go back in the closet and pull out, you know, and make popular again? Um, it's called vintage. It's called vintage. Vintage is that's exactly. It's, it's called it's vintage. vintage. Okay. Yeah. They were looking but for I mean, vintage clothes. Uh, let's see. You know, Peacock brought back Quantum Leap, or is it? Yeah, Peacock or Paramount? Peacock. Peacock back back Quantum Leap. So you know, Quantum Leap is back out there again. Um, so it's you know. 90s nostalgia is re very real right now. So, is it 90s nostalgia or again Hollywood is running out of ideas and yeah, yeah. the new ideas get crapped on, so that no one wants to try a new idea, so they keep going back to the old idea because people are like, oh, I remember that, yeah, and they just go in there and they're like, it's not as good as it used to be. Well, yeah, we know that, 
but you made us do this. You made us do this. We don't want to. Well, it's funny. It's like when you think of like anything really good that came out of the nineties, I can count on like my, like on one hand, right? Like, you know, like from a movie perspective, I think, you know, some of the best, the, one, the, the movie that always comes to mind is Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is probably, was probably the best movie to come out of the nineties, you know, from a, like a pop culture perspective. I mean, Matrix is probably the next one that's up there. 1999. There you go. There um, you go, sir. You know, I'm trying to think what else. But Terminator even, 2. You know, there, yeah, Terminator 2. There's also the, a string of Jerry Bruckheimer Pulp movies. Fiction. Yeah, I mean, yes, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you get, um, uh, yeah, you know, Pulp Fiction. And, you, made a very so, bold, you made a very bold statement with that Jurassic Park statement. That's, yeah, that was you're like, right. The more, I guess whoa, the more I think about it, the more... Whoa. I guess I guess the more I think about it, there are some great things that come out of the ninety other great things that come out of the nineties too. Um but at any rate, I don't know. There's not a lot <laughs> I guess I guess living through it, I never thought that those things would be would have legacy would have a legacy behind them, right? Like I like Jurassic Park was such a big thing and then of course it it, it spawned like two or three other two or three other sequels on top of it. I knew that would have a legacy, but I didn't think Matrix was gonna have a legacy beyond the first one. And then they made two more movies, well, three, and and which were were are, are okay. Um, you know, I mean Tarantino, uh, he just does Tarantino things, uh, you know. But um, at any rate, I digress. Tarantino's supposed to be making like one more. Tarantino's gonna be making one more film, and then he's done. But I'm like, what is his last film going to be like? It, he was going to make a Star Trek movie. I keep for reading a while. about it. He he was going. Tar- Tarantino hmm. was going to make a Star Trek movie, and I don't know if that's still happening or not. But that was there was some very serious talk about that for a while. That's that would have been uh, really weird. I saw this really. Uh, I saw a really interesting clip on Twitter where it's um if Star Wars was re the Star Wars universe is rebooted with Wes Anderson directing it. <laughs> I have to send you that clip. I have to. It's it's pretty. It's pretty right on. It's right on track of what Wes Anderson is doing now. Very. Oh my God, I've never been a Wes Anderson person. I've tried to. I tried watching Life Aquatic, and I tried watching um, uh, the Royal Tannenbaums. I just can't do it, man. I can't. And I am an absolute Wes Anderson guy. Like you are? I love oh, the. I love the art direction. I like the obscure camera angles the just staring down a hallway and a person looking straight at the camera like it's just everything is like that the dedication to it that's the part that i like there's yeah. it's not a all right it's not one cool shot i'm not doing one cool take like no this entire movie is awkward as fuck and you're just gonna have to deal with it i <laughs> I, I enjoy that i i i sit back and enjoy it. my wife hates it Laura's like this shit sucks and i'm like i like it <laughs> I like it. I've ne- I just never could get into. It. I've tried. I've really tried. I I've tried. I've I've tried. You know, as a person who loves movies and theater, I've tried to open my aperture and be, uh, you know, that, the kind of person that could appreciate these movies. I just can't do it. Watch life. Um, was it Island of Dogs? Island of Dogs is really good. I would say that's sneaky his best film. No matter what anybody says, that's sneaky his best film. Has George Clooney as voice one dogs. It's fully animated. It looks really good, and it fits in his same art direction, but done animated style. It's great, and it tells a really unique story. All right, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. All right, so like, also um, Island the, of Dogs. <laughs> Island of Dogs. All right, so turning our attention real quick, uh, I know there's this will be a topic of great interest to you, and I'd like to get your comments on it. And that is the NFL draft was this weekend. So who are the like who are the big picks? Who do we need to be watching in the upcoming season? Uh, so the NFL draft is interesting because you can't evaluate a draft, un- a, a first-round draft, until maybe five years down. Because the first-round draft picks, if they get a second, if they get a second contract, that means they're a good player. And if they don't get a second contract, they're not good. Uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they drafted a quarterback. The name is totally falling out my head i can't hear it can't see it right now um texans drafted a quarterback cj stroud trapped up traded up again and had the third pick so they got second and third pick and draft drafted the best defensive player on their big board um other than that people teams that had really good drafts just just looking at it um 
off on paper. Seattle Seahawks had an amazing draft. They they got whatever they wanted. They had the best. They got they got one of the best defensive players in the in the draft. Uh, they uh, the best wide receiver in the draft fell into their lap. So I was like, that's cool. Then their second round draft pick was really solid. Uh, the Commanders made a really suspect pick. Um, I will admit uh, they drafted a corner. Um, he's like six two, but my man weighs one hundred sixty six pounds. You know what I mean? So he might just get bulldozed around the field, and he's supposed to be a sure tackler. I don't know. He's he's a paperweight, so I'm not sure how it's going to work. Um, as a Buccaneers fan, we drafted this guy who's comped out to be like another Aaron Donald. He's not Aaron Donald, but, you know, how it's a copycat league. They want the same. The Patriots, of course, did Patriot things, traded back, and then still got the player they wanted. It's really annoying. Um, the Eagles drafted nothing but the Georgia Bulldog players. That's all they did. So they're defensively be the Philadelphia Bulldogs, apparently, because they're drafting <laughs> Georgia Bulldog players. That's all they're doing, and they're falling to them. The rich gets richer. It literally is just like that. Um, you saw uh, the Coles drafted um, Cam Newton clone, who can't throw, um, Anthony Richardson. Uh, but he drafted him with the fourth pick. Will Levis fell out the first round. He was with the fourth top quarterback in the draft he fell the first round got drafted second pick in the second round to the tennessee titans to trade up for him so he's pretty excited finally to be with the team he's like their own depth chart so in all in all the nfl draft no no team had a bad draft it, it, it didn't look like no team didn't make really suspect picks the only suspect pick it looked like was like the niners drafted a kicker to third round like why would you all do that but he's like the best kicker he's the best kicker available but they picked them third round when they could draft anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it was like, that's weird. Uh, but beyond that, no one had a really, really bad draft. And again, we can't tell how draft bad these draft picks will be until at least three years down the line if these players aren't even playing or are playing or are they not playing. Because I think if I went through the line, I could find, if I went through every single team, I could find these two players in their draft picks that I'm like, these two players are really good. And like, every as a Bucks fan, um, you would think our first pick would be really exciting for me, but for me, the second round draft pick's really exciting because the guy we drafted is some dude from North Dakota State, this Division II school. He has long hair. He's missing his two front teeth. He's an <laughs> offensive lineman, and he's just nasty. His film is just him finishing people off, just falling on every single person that tries to block him, and it's it's amazing. I'm like, this guy does it, and he, he went to high college for four years and gained 80 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's like that's literally from him freshman year to senior year so that's so i was like that's pretty amazing wow you know what i mean so every team's i think every draft pick this year didn't seem that weird no team did anything super shocking um this some those this year had the most trades teams traded the most 41 different trades so people are trading left and right trading back trading foot tripping up gaining picks losing picks so it was a lot of that so Anybody was predicting draft, predicting picks, whatever. Those throw it out the window because teams were just going reckless with it. But it was it was a fun environment. It was fun times. I watched it on um on YouTube on Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee was doing his fourth annual one, and Pat McAfee they don't really follow it as close as like ESPN does. They're kind of loosey goosey with it and just having fun with it. And they had like a halftime show where the lady named Red Panda was on a unicycle flipping bowls. Onto like this like extended like like she's on an extended unicycle and she was like flipping the bo- like putting bowls on her legs and then flipping them onto her head and she flipped like twelve up to her head and she was just, like counting them one after another doing it over and over and it was kind of exciting. I was like that's kind of cool just to beat the monotony of the NFL draft because you get kind of it get kind of boring sometimes if you just if you're a casual you know and you're just like all right that's they're just having a good time with it they're interviewing some people here and there they interviewed jj watt mill the draft jj watt wasn't paying attention to draft at all they're like hey jay what do you think of the draft he's like to be honest i was playing golf with my brother and i was not paying attention <laughs> <You're> like, thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks a lot i brought you on my show talking about draft and you don't you're not even watching it <laughs> so yeah that's nfl draft you know what i mean uh, did you um keep up with any picks did you see anything about your the commander picks at all uh, like that. Honest, I'm such a horrible fan. I mean, I, I'm a member of their Facebook page, so I've been seeing them post, and they're like, "Welcome, so and so." But I know nothing, absolutely nothing about these people. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I have not been tracking it very closely. So it's really um, suspect that uh, as uh, on the outside looking in, uh, the commanders 
I feel like they're tanking. <laughs> they're absolutely tanking this year for Caleb Williams. Y'all are going for the future because next year the the quarterback draft is the quarterback class is really superior compared to this year. This mm -hmm. year's one's all right. This year's next year's one's gonna be amazing. You got Caleb Williams, who is a stud. Um, you got North Carolina quarterback Mayer may or something like that he's really good um so i can see the the commanders are start tanking because y'all quarterbacks is literally a backup guy who's a career backup and a guy who's fighting to not be a backup <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like what's <laughs> that's your quarterbacks that's it you know what i mean these guys are what are we doing here um no offense jacoby percent you know what i mean but you have been a career backup so that's just what it is and you know your your defense is somewhat pretty good your offense has been somewhat pretty good but without a quarterback quarterbacks win games and yeah, every team needs no. a quarterback and that's come from a guy who's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan which my quarterback room is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask a backup and a guy who should be a backup you know what I mean so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's, that's my quarterback room so are we tanking next year I don't know either so what's well, happening so, you know right now the biggest thing as it relates to the commanders, the big thing I've been trying to follow is the sale of the team. I know that they keep talking about the sale announcement should happen here fairly soon. So that's what I've really been kind of keeping my eye out for. But, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been a horrible fan. I have not tracked hardly any of it in the last you know, you know, few weeks. But, Speaking of that, there's one guy, like, he's trying to – he's a former player trying to put in a bid for it, um, the bid – help with the bid. And apparently his money is what, Saudis? He has oh, Saudi wow. money? Oh, no. Like he, that's where like he's like uh, putting a bid, like a six point five billion dollar bid, him and his group, but his group is Saudi money. So like the owners are like, oh no, because like yeah, dude, that, to get the, that, the to sell a team, the owners have to sign off on it. Yeah, the rest of the owners have to sign off for the league, and the owners are like, oh nobody. Yeah, the optics <laughs> of that Saudi would not money. be good. Yeah, that would not be not good. At Saudi all. money on the Washington Commanders team. Oh no. Yeah, that would not be uh, that would not be good optics for the NFL or for anybody. So. Cool. Yeah. So I know the other big thing that happened this week. Uh, we're, I know we're kind of all over the place today, but you know, it's all in good fun. Uh, Jedi Survivor dropped this week. Uh, one of those big and one of the probably one of the most anticipated games of the year so far, as it relates to it's on all platforms and on PC. Uh, the success of the first one, you know, I think really made this a really highly anticipated game. Um, it better be for 160 mega or gigabytes. It's, it's a massive, massive game. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was 149.2. I downloaded it. I had I actually had to delete a game I wasn't playing to make some extra room. This thing is huge. It is massive. Golly. The uh, now I have a PS5. So it my looks really good though. What's that? Oh, it's a beautiful game. Like this, it looks good though. It's a beautiful game. The the the, the mechanics are also really great. Like. Um, it makes you you have to be very surgical in playing this game and the first one was kind of like this too right like you can't just go in and button mash it's not it's not god of war where you can go in there and just mash the triangle or the square uh, you really have to be very methodical in when you hit a button input because if you hit a button if you hit if you hit a button you're gonna have, you have to get through that animation before you can put in the next input and if you know the if the computer strikes back and in between that time frame, you're gonna get beat to crap. Um, but at any rate, it is a it is a beautiful game. But my understanding is the PC world is struggling right now because the, the PC version has got some major performance issues that has upset a lot of people right now. Um, I don't know if you've been tracking. I know you're a PC gamer, so I don't know if you're tracking a lot of that. They're talking about the frame rate's not very good. Um, and there's a couple other performance bugs they've been trying to iron out uh, with the release of this game. Uh, but I, again, I can't speak too much to that because I'm not a PC guy. But yeah, on the Steam Workshop, it is getting massacred. It has mixed reviews right now because the, like I said, frame rate. Some people games aren't loading. Um, some games total crash. It, it's a bad port. Uh, that's how it works sometimes. These AAA games. They're really great for the console, and then when they transfer to the PC, it's a bad port. Uh, we saw that with uh, Batman Arkham City. It's a bad port. <laughs> we saw that with Grand Theft Auto V when it finally came to PC and had to be delayed, 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 because it just they kept getting it wrong. Um, I, I guess it's not that bad because they're not giving refunds like they did with 
you know, like other games we've seen with like Cyberpunk when they came out, giving out refunds and stuff like that. It hasn't gone that far, but yeah, um, some people aren't having a, a, the best time with it. Um, I know I saw what GameSpot reviewed it you on the PS5, so mm -hmm. that's how they were able to get the review out. Yeah, I mean the game is beautiful. The story has been really compelling so far. Um, like I said, the mechanics are awesome. Uh, you know, the I really I love I love slashing up stormtroopers. It's just a lot of fun to get in there and parry and and strike, and it does a lot of cool things. You know, it's you know, there's a couple different they call them stances. You know, so you got your single lightsaber stance. You can do the dual well. You can do the dual lightsaber. You know, like like Darth Maul, or you can do the two lightsabers and now they even have one where it's like a lightsaber and a, and a blaster. Um, there's all kinds of new moves and force abilities. I mean, um, it, it's fun. I'm not gonna lie. It's really, really fun. I, I've enjoyed playing it so far. Um, and again, it's just, it's canon Star Wars universe. So you get to, you, you get a new story that's canon and it's fun to see where it fits into the grand scheme of things. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a new game to play and you're a Star Wars fan, I highly recommend check it out. Um, unless you're on PC, then maybe wait a few months. But, um, but yeah, it is a big, yeah. it is a big freaking game though. I was shocked to see how big it is. I was like, dang, 149 gigabytes. That's crazy. But that's that's a lot of gigs. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I think maybe like I think my Fallout Fallout Four on my PS4 was like that, but it was like that with like all the DLCs, yeah, <laughs> every exactly. DLC that yeah. came out. I had all the DLCs, so it's like, bam, bam, or my, my, my XCOM uh, 2 on my PC is like that, because I have so many mods. I have like a good amount, 20 gigs extra of mods just upon the 85 gigabyte game itself, so it's a whole new game. So just to hear it's 140 by itself is wild. They uh, they need to come out with a patch to shrink that up a little bit, something, because no, that's needed. You know, it's funny. I, I gotta share this with you because I think you'll find it funny. Because we, we we were talking about age earlier, like you know, we aged out of going to concerts or whatever. So I, I was, I'm so I'm taking this seminar this week. Um, it's like a retirement transition course because I'm thinking about retirement. And uh, the uh, one they have us fill out this like personal survey to kind of get an idea of like what you what you want to do next or what you should do next or whatever. And uh, one of the questions it asks, like, what are some things you'd like to do in your off time, right? So I, you know, put in there, like, you know, I like to cycle and hike and all the sporty stuff. But then, like, I like I like to play video games occasionally. I like to, you know, podcast, whatever. And uh, one of the questions following on later from that was, do you think you've gotten too old for? Are there hobbies you once enjoyed but you've gotten too old for? And I started thinking, like, have I? Is there anything that I would consider childish that I wouldn't do anymore? Nope, nope. Still play video games. Still collect comic books, um, still go to the movies, still watch, you know, Disney, like still watch, you know, you know, Star Wars and all that stuff. It's, um, I can't think of anything I've, I've, I've aged out of. And if, if, and I, I, and if I had to guess, if it weren't for the massive crowds and the ticket price, you probably would not have aged out of going to something in the water either. <laughs> yeah, very true. That is true. If I didn't have my money obligated to other places, other things, then yeah, I'd probably be like, yeah. All right, yeah, I'd go or something like that. I mean, age out. I probably aged out of buying like sports cards. You know, yeah, I used to do that. I used to buy sports cards all the time and game cards like that. And I've priced out even buying video games in a sense. Like I play video games, but like I used to buy video games like on the regular. And I'm like, eh. Now I'm really stingy about it. I'm like, is there a sale? Okay. All right. Is this something I like? All right. Like you bought Jedi Survivor. You're like, okay. You're not like looking for the next hot thing next week or two weeks from now. You're like, this is gonna time you for a while. You know what I mean? You're gonna you're gonna marinate on this. Yeah, I've had a string. I've had a string of games recently, just mostly because, you know, like when God of War Ragnarok came out, like that was a game I was looking. For. That's the whole main reason I even bought the PS5. The only reason I played Horizon is because it came with the, came with it, and it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it, but like. When it was God of War is what I was waiting for, and then that game I like milked the crap out of that game. I think I'm like ninety six percent complete with it. Like there's, you know, not much for me left to do in that game. And then, and then uh, following that game, I was kind of lost for a little while. And then Last of Us the show came out, so I was like, I'm gonna go back and play, replay the Last of Us. So I like I downloaded the new PS5 version, the updated one, and you know that I played that for a while. But I wasn't like it wasn't like 
I mean, I enjoyed playing it, but it wasn't like, oh, I got to play this game because I already knew how it goes. I knew all everything about it. So it was just more about just reconnecting with the game more than anything. And then following that, like Hogwarts Legacy, that again was more of a pickup just because like, you know, my wife and I are both in the Harry Potter stuff and it might be fun. I'll check it out. And it, it was a worthwhile game. It was fun. It was a unique story. It fit, you know, inside the canon, completely unrelated to anything we'd seen before. So, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't like a game that I felt I had to have. It was just kind of like, I got nothing to do. I don't, got anything, I don't have anything I'm playing right now. I'll pick this up. But then this one was one I've been waiting for for a while. So this one, like as soon as this one popped, I was going to pick this one up and deep dive into it. But I think after this, there's not a ton that's, it's not a ton that I'm looking really like screaming to play. I heard that was it this Friday. I think isn't is this Friday? I think uh, the new Zelda game comes out. Oh yeah, Tears of the Fallen. Yeah, I haven't finished the first one yet. I gotta finish it because, um, and I think I'm gonna try to take the opportunity. I got some travel coming up. And that's usually the best. That's usually when I play my Nintendo Switch because I'm on the plane and I need something to do. So I think I'm gonna try to get through the the uh, and finish Tear um, Breath of the Wild, and then maybe I'll pick up Tears of uh, the Fallen later on. You know, so yeah, because I think my son's gonna want that game. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, uh, I was like uh, a guy I work with to talk about it. So I'm like, all right, that's that's coming out soon, I guess. So that's gonna be a game. Yeah. I don't know, I didn't, I guess for me, I, I guess I'm just too old school, like, um, I, I like Breath of the Wild, but I, I don't know, just something about an open open world Zelda game just made it too big. I mean, Zelda in itself is already kind of a big game, right? Like, because I remember growing up, so much about Zelda is going and finding all those little secrets, like finding ways to make more, get more hearts, and finding, like, all those really cool, like, you know, weapons, and you know, going and, you know, defeating the castles. And I and, and Breath of the Wild was kind of a little less of that, but more of it, but less of it, which I know is kind of weird. Like, uh, you st- clearly, you still got to go out. And, well, the, the big part of the game with uh, Breath of the Wild was going and doing all these puzzles. So, like, you'd go out and you'd find all these little, like, temples, and you do these puzzles, and the puzzles would earn you rewards that would contribute to either getting more hearts or getting more stamina or whatever. Um, there's only a, there, there, there's only a, like four or five major castles that you're supposed to go into and fight a like fight a big boss or something. There's not a ton of opportunity like in like the old Zelda games like that was your whole life was like get to the next castle, beat the next boss, get the Triforce, and get the and get whatever special equipment was in that that castle get that because you need that to proceed throughout the game and i feel like this one it, this one is just so much about just puzzle solving it's just pu- it's, which okay you know but it's fun to actually go out and like swack some things every now and then um mm-hmm. and I, so i kind of felt like in the end the the, the the i also kind of felt like maybe the, the fighting mechanics were a little repetitive but maybe that's just also my own limited ability you know i'm i know younger people i find a way to fight in more fight in unique ways i'm still very linear but any rate, I mean, you know. Nah, nah. It just it's it's not, sometimes not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Do sometimes. Cool. Well, we're coming up in an hour. I know we wanted to close. I know you had you had a question that you wanted to talk about, and uh, as it relates to Hawaiian cuisine. So I'll turn it over to you to kind of open up on this one, and then we'll, we can talk a little bit about it before we close out for the day. Okay. Well, you know, um, I talked to a person that I work with, whatever, and uh, apparently the hot thing is spam in hawaii there's like spam restaurants it's like a major delicacy where spam here gets the um, side eye um you could buy spam here at like a wawa you could buy it anywhere um in the in the frozen um not frozen but the like the breakfast cold area um but they put spam on sandwiches they spread spam on stuff like they have a lot going on with that so you being there now you've lived hawaii now for a good hot minute so what do you know about spam there? Spam is life out here, man. Like, um, there are a couple. When it comes to local dishes, there's a there are a few staples you're always going to run across. One is rice. There's rice with everything. Um, spam, and then gravy, uh, specifically, specifically locomoco. Um, a lot of things are fried. Locomoco. And of course, there's there's ro- Kahlua roasted pork, but spam is extremely popular. Um, don't quote me on this. I think the history of spam comes from the fact that it became a meat substitute 
uh, during World War II. That's why it's sold, it's sold the way it is in the can with the key that you twist. Uh, I think it was a meat substitute that comes out of World War II. Um, and given that Hawaii was on the front lines of that and is at the end of the supply chain, Spam just became very popular here. Uh, yes, you're right. They, they serve it with everything. It's served at breakfast. It's on sandwiches. They actually have a, a unique, like, sushi roll version of it. I forget what it's called, yeah. but they take, like, basically a bed of rice. They put a slice of sushi on I mean, a slice of um, Spam on it, and then they wrap it in a with a piece of um, – Seaweed, so it's kind of like it's like almost like a like a like a piece of sushi. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts. Now I'm not. That I've never. Gross. Yeah, I've never enjoyed spam. Spam has never been like my jam. My dad loves it. Uh, he would make it a lot. You know, when we were growing up, spam has just never been that. I've, and there were a few occasions where I tried to like spam because, like, you know, people prepare it in a lot of different ways. You can grill it and have it with eggs and that kind of stuff. I just, for me, it's just too salty. Um, but yeah, spam is spam is life out here. I mean, they try to make they make the best with the what they have because when you're at the end of the supply line, um, you know, and there's not a ton of local like fish. Obviously, fish is obviously a major staple here because it's you can fish anywhere. But and there are some ranches here that grow cattle and they, and they ship and they you can get local meat. But for the most part, you know, the diet local diet here is like fruit taro um and then like fish so you know they make do what they got um there's another popular dish here called locomoco which is was it was was made from um its background comes from like surfers at the end of the day wanted something to eat it needed to be something hearty that can like sit in their stomach but also like had to have like a decent amount of protein on it and it could not be expensive because a lot of these guys didn't have they don't have money so loco moco is literally like it's a hamburger patty on a bed of rice with like gravy and an egg and that like loco moco is a delicacy depending on where you go like there are literally restaurants that like make their that make their living on serving like the best loco moco in the area or something like that hmm. um yeah i mean uh, I like Hawaiian local food. I, I try, but I, I can, you can only eat it seldomly because otherwise it's just bad. It's for it's just bad for you. Like everything's fried. It's all high in sodium, and, or and or high in sugar. So like diabetes is a pandemic here. Uh, you know, uh, you would think that a culture that has subsisted on fish for so long would be in better shape, but um, even uh, but for the most part, it's a lot of fried and uh foods i mean yeah you, i you i have tums in my car you know for when i get done eating a meal in some places around town <laughs> um and if i do eat local i try to eat like sushi or poke or something like that something that's like like fish like fresh fish oriented um but yeah but yeah yeah spam spam is life like spam and rice like they, they have these they have these stores or it's called um hawaiian is it hawaiian customs it's like a surf shop, but they like have like custom T-shirts and stuff that they make, and they have stuff like got rice or got spam or like raised on rice and like just all that kind of stuff. It's hilarious. They're great shirts, but um, it's definitely a lens into like how people live out here. Damn, that's wild. Okay, all right, yeah. loco moco. Interesting. Is that egg fried or just raw? No, it's fried. It's a fried egg. Yeah, okay. and you break okay. it. Like and loco moco, loco moco is good. Like my favorite loco moco comes from a place uh, on the out on the east side. It's called um, oh, what's it? Moana Cafe, and they have a short, they have a braised short rib loco moco that is just amazing. Uh, you know, the, but the typical mo- loco moco is like a, it's it's a hamburger patty. Um, but yeah, it's a. Yeah, there. I mean, there are some very delicious local cuisine. Like, and if you like poke, like you know, you'll never get fresher poke anywhere, anywhere, because it's like, it's all fresh caught, brought in, cut, you know, and then like they all have like they all make their local sauces and shuyo or shoyu sauce or or spicy tuna sauce, and it's amazing. It's so good. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. But go get you, go get yourself some spam. 
Go get some spam and some rice. I do. I'll figure, figure yeah. it out. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look up some spam recipes and make some. Make my my wife angry at me here. <laughs> All right. Well, hey man, we're coming up in an hour. we're at an hour actually. Um, so I appreciate those of you that hung out with us today. Again, I know we were kind of all over the place, but sometimes those are the most fun conversations. Um, yes, what do you got? What do you got going on this week? Anything? Uh, we'll see. This week you got May the Fourth coming up. Uh, yeah. May the Fourth be with you. Guardians of um, the Ga- Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Most... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume right. Three. Galaxy. Friday. Part Three comes out. You got Cinco de Mayo Friday. Yeah. Uh, if uh, I would be remiss to slide past this podcast without uh, mentioning. That if you guys looking for a TV show, I would highly recommend the show Snowfall on FX. I would compare it to Game of Thrones, hood style. Okay. Because um, that's that's what it like. The first season not like that, but as it goes along, because six seasons as it goes along, there's different families. Well, not different families, but like there's different factions of them, and they're all vying for power, very much like Game of Thrones. And just like Game of Thrones, the ending is sad, and you know nobody makes it out well, you know. And it's um, it's a it's a really good story. And uh, number two, um, Turk Carlson actually got taken off television this past week, um, unceremoniously. He was Fox News. Take think about a guy who had the most popular show, like him, hate him, love him, you know, wishy burns. I don't care. But this man controlled the eight o'clock time slot he would bring in three million viewers a night and fox just took him right off television due to what he's done the story is evolving so i'm pretty sure by next week there'll be new new stuff about it but this week right now is just saying that you know beyond all the misogynistic and racist stuff he's been saying and they let it slide by the stuff that took him off air is he actually said racist racial and misogynistic stuff about the higher-ups of fox Fox News itself, and that's what got him off television. On top of the $787 million settlement that Fox probably made as well, um, and Fox cut ties with him pretty quick. No one's really singing remorseful for him, and they actually have a kind of a dossier on him, so if he does go out and say something about him, they have bad stuff on him back. It's a pretty ugly thing, and that same day you had Don Lemon from CNN get taken off television as well so i feel like the news uh landscape as the new elections come back around for 2024 it's gonna look a little different because i think i think everybody's trying to get away from really toxic behavior because now they could win settlements other people could win, win settlements and would take money from you for really bringing out fake news like this so and i don't it's interesting since we since you brought it up i, I don't know what's worse him being on Fox News and having to be beholden to a major network or the fact that now he can go anywhere on the airwaves and say whatever he wants unrestricted, right? Like, it would be one thing if he was a nobody and was trying to start his own, you know, his own show because it would just be the ravings of, of, a, of, of a lunatic. However... He comes with a large following. Like 33 million people is not trivial. So that means that anybody out there that wants to sell ad space on the internet will hire him. And I guarantee you, because they're just in it for the money, it'll be the more outrageous he can make it, the more ad space they can sell. So like, and because he had he's popular and he has a following, like he can he can manipulate and that those 33 million people the way he sees fit, right? So while I respect the fact that Fox fired him for a variety of different reasons, at the same time, I almost feel like from a from a news broadcasting situation going in an already hot and polarized political environment, I think it's going to probably it's more dangerous now that he is can go out into the open airwaves. In places and like on Twitter, like my understanding, like the guy that replaced him, uh, Tucker Carlson went on and did like an hour long monologue on Twitter at the same time, and he polled like millions of followers on Twitter while he did this monologue away from the eight o'clock time. The guy that replaced him on the eight o'clock time slot. So I mean, he can just go and be unfiltered, and you know what? And places like Twitter which is owned by Elon Musk, who we all know is like, he's all for free speech. 
unregulated free speech on top of it, which, you know, we all should be for the most part. Um, and then he, so if your goal is to sell ad space, man, this guy is your cash cow. So I actually kind of, kind of more worried about the situation now than I was when he was just on Fox, where at the end of the day, he's still beholden to a net, major network, and there are, there are still lines and limitations on what he could and could not do. But that's not the case anymore. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We, every, as like I said, it's a it's an evolving story, and we'll see how this goes. Because um, I'm pretty interested to see what's what's going to happen. I can see him doing a Joe Rogan type of situation, start a podcast and do that, and then he's really show who he is. But it's you can't go too far crazy because you go too far crazy, and everybody's going to do as with you. Uh, only people who can do as with you are the gambling sites because gambling sites are gambling. I mean, ads are ads, dude. Like, I think if you're trying to sell something that's a little, like, obviously, you're not going to attract Nike or you know some major brand. But if you're, a, if it's a, like you said, if it's some internet company or internet gaming company or something that's small but has some cash to throw, some to spend behind it, like, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, you can, you can. Well, I see, you can get one big sponsorship, or you can get little, lots of little ones. And the lots of little ones pay off just as much as the really big ones. So, I mean. It's true. It is true. That's why it's uh, interesting to see how this turns out. Yeah, we'll see. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, you have a nice week. And we will look to be back. Oh, next week I'm traveling, so I won't be able to podcast next week. But we'll follow up in two weeks. And uh, that, I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. All right, everybody. Y'all have a blessed week. Have a good night.